down and 10. Breeze from the gun. Takes a snap. Goes to the near side. Hit early. Where's the flag? You don't get one. Early hit on Tommy Lee. Sean Payton is all the way down at the 10. Unbelievable no call. 57-yard field goal try. Kick is up. It's away. And it is through the uprights. The Los Angeles Rams with a 57-yard field goal to go to the Super Bowl. At the two-yard line, Kansas City handoff. Damian Williams into the end zone. Blast in there. Touchdown. Kansas City. And the Chiefs regain the lead. Brady under center. Burkhead left side. Plows into the end zone. And the Patriots have won the AFC Championship. And that brings us to now. Super Bowl 53, Patriots versus Rams. Welcome to the Super Bowl bye week edition of TSN 4 Downs. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. Boy, do we got a big show for you today, folks. Get ready to get primed, right? This is where we break everything down and get ready for the rematch of the 2001 Super Bowl, where the dynasty began for Brady and Belichick and the Patriots. It was against... The then St. Louis Rams, the greatest show on turf, and Brady and, and company, they overcame it, and they haven't looked back. Obviously, from that frame, on, on the Rams, nobody remains from that team. The Patriots, the two key pieces of Belichick and Brady. Great show today. We've got Zig Fricassi from Sirius XM NFL Radio. He'll stop by in about 10 minutes. Then Dame Brugler from The Athletic, NFL draft prospect analyst. Best in the biz. I love talking to Dane every year. He was in Mobile, Alabama. The Senior Bowl game is Saturday, but the practice time leading up, we start to get into draft mode a little bit here, right? It's free agency next after the Super Bowl, then the combine, then the draft, and we we start to switch to to the future of how that's going to go. So I'll talk with Dane about who stood out at the Senior Bowl, as well as strength of position groups and quarterbacks. Weaker class, is there somebody standing out and who caught his eye this weekend? Also... I'm burying the lead here a little bit, folks. Huge Domino's big game pizza price given away. Trivia today. All right? I'm giving away four large three-topping pizzas to one lucky person. You can use it for the big game next week. You can use it for whatever you want. I don't care. But you can use it uh, as a, a perfect time. Have friends over, family, whatever. Huge Domino's pizza prize. So it's going to be a trivia question. Super Bowl trivia We're going to open the lines in the fourth segment of the show. So stay tuned. I'll give the question at the end of the the third segment. And then in the fourth one, we'll open up the phone lines. And you can win yourself a huge Domino's big game pizza prize. And we are delivered by Domino's. And even if you don't win, folks, guess what? Until Sunday, how about this carryout special? You can get a medium two-topping pizza, just $5.99. Yeah, $5.99. You want to make it a large? Pop on three extra bucks. That's it. Great deal. It's perfect. So you can get that up until Sunday. That's the special this week. But again, stay tuned for the big Domino's Pizza prize pack. There's so much to get to. Let's get to three and out and uh, kick it off. First down. Well, our good buddy uh, TSN's Matthew Shinetti was in New England this week, and he was speaking with ESPN Patriots reporter Mike Reese on what this Super Bowl means for the legacy of Tom Brady. Mike, there's been so much talk about the lack of talent maybe on these Patriots this season. I know recently you wrote about the top 10 playoff performances of Tom Brady's career. So if we take into consideration all of the supposed criticism 
Where would a win in Super Bowl 53 rank for Tom Brady? Well, I would say if they win this game, Matthew, he'll be looked at by most as the greatest of all time because no one has won six Super Bowls. No player has ever done that. Specific to this team, it would be one of his greatest accomplishments because if you look at the pure talent on this offense, I would say it ranks towards the bottom of the list to some of the past teams he's been with. Now, Mike, this is usually a, a yearly exercise for you and me. We talk about the Patriots heading into a Super Bowl week, and a year after year, we're doing the same thing. But I want to ask you about Tom Brady, because usually he's quite reserved. He's locked in. He's in a zone. He's kind of reading from a script at this time of the year. But this year, we're seeing him more expressive on social media, talking to the press before and after games. Take us inside his mind this season. Well, I would say going right back to the spring when he first came in, the thing he said to me, Matthew, was it's all positive. And I feel like that was a concerted effort from him mentally to say, I'm putting last year behind myself. You know, with all the talk about his relationship with Bill Belichick, what last year was like, he came in with a fresh slate this year. And I really felt like that carried through the course of the year. Some bumps in the middle of the road with his health, where he was managing a little bit of a knee injury but he's healthy again and he really seems like he is locked in mentally and what do you think of all the stats is 40 playoff starts the most outstanding of all of them that is simply remarkable I mean you mentioned the top 10 ranking I mean to me that's an embarrassment of riches when you're making a top 10 ranking of Brady's playoff games you have 39 of them to choose from this will be the 40th and you're taking off on that list a game where he had six touchdown throws against Denver uh, a game where he only had two incompletions against Jacksonville they didn't even make the top 10 list that tells you all you need to know Tom Brady whatever happens is the greatest of all time but he had one for the thumb on one hand now he's going it for the extra finger on the other there's Matthew Shinetti and Mike Reese there yeah and for for Brady to me you already got to consider him the best of all time right it pains me to say it I was a Montana guy I try to hold on to that for as long as possible and I guess you could make the the argument well Joe Montana never lost the Super Bowl but Brady's won more and that type of dominance for that long. It's, you can't debate it. So I don't even know if another one really means that much to his legacy. If he loses, like, what are you going to say he's not? I don't know. I still put him in there. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how history looks back on this one. But it is so interesting, the full circle feel of this, where the legacy began for Brady and Belichick, and now, that many years later, uh, they do it one more time. Let's move on. Second down. Now, to get to some off-field stuff, Carolina Panthers quarterback Cam Newton underwent surgery on his throwing shoulder this week after really being unable to throw the ball with any type of velocity or distance the last quarter of the season. Like, you guys saw it, right? Like he, It was like he was shot putting the ball anything more than five yards. He couldn't do it. It was ugly. Like, he made Peyton Manning's last season, made him look like a, a Super Bowl MVP, right? Like, he couldn't do anything because of that shoulder couldn't run as much. He was just completely uncomfortable, needed the surgery. Now, the length of time, the severity of this, that is where it gets interesting. So ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter and uh, his crew gives us an update. Less than two weeks ago, Panthers owner David Tepper left open the possibility that Cam could miss all of the 2019 season. So what does today's news about the surgery mean for Cam? Well, listen, there are some questions about the timeline and how long it'll take for him to bounce back from the stage. And speaking to various people this afternoon, some people said it could be a type of injury that takes him three months to get back. Some people said six months. Some people said it could be beyond that. I think the one thing we do know is the Panthers are going to be extremely careful with their quarterback. Cam Newton's not going to rush this. We saw Andrew Luck undergo shoulder surgery and miss an entire season. So I think all options are on the table. But right now, the people close to the situation 
say it's too soon to speculate how long he'll be out. We know it'll be indefinitely. We know they'll be careful with him. And we know there's a real chance that it's going to be a challenge for him to be ready for the start of the 2019 NFL season, Sage. One thing we do know, rehab begins immediately for Cam Newton, whose Panthers will try to get back to the postseason in 2019. I thought that Andrew Luck comparison was interesting because ever really since after that Super Bowl year, Cam's shoulder hasn't quite been right. So, boy, if you look for a full year off at Cam going into, what, his ninth, tenth year, and then where that wear and tear in his body. right Now, he's, he's built. Like Superman, right? There's a reason he pulls open the, the shirt, but takes its toll. Could we be seeing for an extended absence? What does that mean for the Panthers, right? And the, the quarterback class, do you start looking for the next replacement of Cam Newton? A lot of storylines there. Let's move on. Third down. Our TSN NFL analyst Jabari Greer, I thought he did a phenomenal job here. He broke down why the most dangerous player in next week's Super Bowl may not be Tom Brady, but the Rams' Aaron Donald and how his elite ability to get to the quarterback is so key to an L.A. victory. Now, he won't win the MVP. Let's get that out the way because he's not a quarterback. But Aaron Donald is the best defensive player that we've seen in the last 30 years. Not since Lawrence Taylor have we seen a player so dominating inside that he can make anything happen. If you don't believe me, let's just look at the numbers. Simply put, no player is in the same stratosphere as Aaron Donald when it comes to pressuring the quarterback. It's a stat he's led the league in for four straight seasons. And this is the reason why he's the single biggest threat to Tom Brady getting his sixth Super Bowl ring. Check out Brady's passer rating under pressure. It drops 26 points, ranking 21st in the NFL for quarterbacks in this category. Not only is Donald the league's best pass rusher, we need to keep this in mind. He gets it done from the interior. Most of the other elite pass rushers, think Vaughn Miller or Demarcus Lawrence, these guys are coming from the edge, which is usually the best angle to attack the quarterback. Donald is breaking through from the inside. So how does he do it? Speed is a huge factor. Here, he attacks from the five technique, which means he's lined up on the outside shoulder of the offensive guard. Watch him explode off the line the instant the ball is snapped. This sack barely takes three seconds. Nobody gets to the quarterback faster. His incredible balance also plays into this. Watch him go over with a swim move. Then he's basically up on his toes when the next blocker tries to push him back. Because he drops his hips, he's able to move through contact and make a tackle for loss. Finally, his technique is perfect especially the way he uses his arms. On Kobe Gossett, he uses the swim move with the left arm and then pull through with the right arm to get the inside edge. Then he dips his shoulder under the center to get the sack. That's three different moves in about three seconds. Tom Brady, watch out, because Aaron Donald is coming for you on Super Bowl Sunday. And if Donald in the interior is dominant like he usually is, you have to like the Rams' chances of winning this game. That was Jabari Greer, and that's a video you can check out on tsn.ca. So it, it's worth checking out because you, you actually get to see Donald. But I thought the insight and description was so well put by Greer because Donald does so many different things. So, uh, so often during the speed of a game, you just watch guy gets to the quarterback or he doesn't. But how technically sound Donald is from an interior guy. He's right. Usually it's on the outside. Uh, the pass rusher makes one swim move, dips the shoulder, and heads home. 
Donald, you have so much more traffic for him to be able to do that. The quick release of Tom Brady, which he is legendary for, is going to be ever more important. Because if he holds on to the ball, he's going to be squashed by Aaron Donald. So that's going to be something really to follow when we head into next week's big game between the Rams and the Patriots. Here's our Twitter poll question. At TSN4Downs, at AndyMC81, our Domino's Canada pizza Twitter poll question. What is your favorite part of the Super Bowl? We're going to answer that later on in the show. But what is your favorite part? You can tweet us at TSN4Downs, at AndyMC81. Our choices was the crazy prop bets. We're going to have a lot of those later, folks, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that off the top. We're going to have a lot of crazy prop bets out of Vegas. This is half the fun of the Super Bowl. Just like insane stuff. So we're going to get to those later. But what is your favorite part? Is it the crazy prop bets? Is it the game itself? No matter who's playing, you just like the, the, the atmosphere of the game. Is it the halftime performance? The pomp and circumstance of the, the, the famous performers that go? I think it's Maroon 5 this year. Or is it just eating a ton of food? Getting the snacks, getting whatever, getting your Domino's pizza, and just, just chowing down. So what is your favorite part of the Super Bowl? Crazy prop bets, the game itself, halftime performance, or eating a ton of food. You can vote at TSN4Downs at AndyMC81. We're going to step aside after the break. Zig Fricassi from Sirius XM NFL Radio joins me. That's coming up on TSN4Downs. If you're hungry, check out this great deal from Domino's. Unlimited two-topping medium pizzas for just $7.99 each. That's right, as many pizzas as you want with a minimum purchase of two pizzas. So stock up, dig in, and feed that hunger with unlimited two-topping medium pizzas. Perfect for the big game, a busy night with the family, or just because. Order online today at dominoes.ca and add on some great side dishes and dessert. That's dominoes.ca. TSN 4 Down Super Bowl bye week edition here on TSN 1050 Toronto. TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Get us on Twitter at AndyMC81 at TSN 4 Downs. You can vote on our poll question there. What is your favorite part of the Super Bowl? And also, coming up in the last segment, I will give away, with the Super Bowl trivia question, a huge Domino's Pizza Prize. Domino's Pizza Prize. Four large, three-topping pizzas just for one person for you. We're going to have the question in the last segment, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But I had a chance a little bit earlier to catch up with Sirius XM NFL radio host Zig Fricassi. Zig, the Super Bowl is still a week away. What storylines are you looking forward to? Because we can go in a whole bunch of different directions here. Kind of that that full circle idea, I think, is really cool between Tom Brady and Belichick, where the, the dynasty began by beating the Rams all those years ago. And now at 40 years old, it's all the way back. Like that That's one of the ones that kind of stand out to me as being, wow, this is, this is kind of cool. And man, this dynasty's been around a while. Yeah, it sure has. I mean, gosh, we're going back to, what, 2002 when a lot of people thought, Andy, that the St. Louis Rams at that time were going to be the dynasty, the greatest show on turf, their, what, second Super Bowl appearance in about a four-year span. But, you know, New England did a masterful job defending the greatest show on turf that day. So now I think a couple things you could look at. One is it's the sustainability. I mean, is Brady Belichick, is this finally you know, is this like the, um, you know, Let It Be album for the Beatles? I mean, is this finally going to be it as far as, you know, this killer combo is concerned? Uh, from the Rams standpoint, you know, they showed a little bit of early yips last week against the Saints, but then settled things down. So 
What I'm looking for, obviously, is from them maybe to get off to a faster start in this game because I'm not sure New England's going to let the foot off the gas, so to speak. So you have quite a few things here. Is this the, you know, the past and present dynasty going against the future dynasty? I think that's one that's going to be played up all week down in Atlanta. Oh, sure. Because, of course, you know, if you looked at Sean McVay long enough, you got a head coaching job this offseason, right? Like, it's, yeah, it's like, exactly. It's, you got the young mind, and you got Jared Goff, and, and you have all the compliments, the strong running game, the defense. Like, it's, I won't say it's the same type of, of style necessarily that New England was at the start of their dynasty, but it, it is in a way, right? Because Tom Brady wasn't prolific in that first Super Bowl as far as like getting there. He was, he was more of a complimentary piece with a strong defense. Yeah, I mean, you know, early in Brady's career, Andy, it was quite simply he was there not to make mistakes. Right. It was a, it was a sound ground game, and of course, it was a defense led by the likes of you know Vince Wilfork, Richard Seymour, Teddy uh, Bruschi, Mike Vrabel, Ty Law. Those were kind of the established hands, and then only when Belichick saw that he kind of you know took the training wheels off Brady, we saw you know the year they went sixteen and zero. That was the greatest right. offensive show anybody had seen to that point and then we saw how brilliant Brady was back then so you know I, I think is it a case where for the Rams like is you know Goff going to be a kind of ultra managed like that I'm not sure the Rams defense even with their great individual parts are as sound as a unit as the Patriots were back in that Super Bowl in 2002. It is remarkable what the Patriots still manage to do with so little if you put those pieces on another team. Like, Gronk is broken, but he he's, it can still be such a great blocker. Like, he contributes. Like, everybody buys in. Julian Edelman, really, outside of him, what? Like, Chris Hogan's a guy. Philip Dorsett's a guy on another team. But somehow they just piece it together. It's really, I think, the running game has been sensational for them all year. Do you think the Patriots kind of try at least to go to go that route and get the hands into the playmakers, Michelle and, and White, as much as possible? You would think so, but then when you figure that logic out, you know, Rob Gronkowski, who was essentially a blocker in their, you know, first playoff win, looks like the Gronk of old last week. Turned so clock, I think yeah. that's the that's the whole art of deception, Andy, when it comes to the Patriots, is when you think you've got them figured out, you really don't. I think the only thing you really can count on is the fact that Brady and Edelman work together so very well. You know, it's probably going to be one of those prop bets over and under of receptions by Edelman. Uh-huh. Take the over because that is clearly his security blanket. As for the other pieces, it's kind of a mix and match, and let's see what works at that particular time. In conversation with Zig Fricassi from a Sirius XM NFL radio host, sports anchor, does just about everything. Talks some hockey, too, so make sure you follow him on Twitter at Zig Fricassi. Zig. Uh, mops the floors. Mops the floors. Hey, yeah, you know what, dude? We, we all got to we, we, we gotta do whatever we got to do, right? <laughs> do whatever we got to do. I feel you. You're, you're a grinder like me. I love it. Uh, exactly. <laughs> now, you retweeted from Adam Schefter um, about Sean Payton speaking with Commissioner Roger Goodell and head of officiating and all that about that horrendous non-call, the helmet, the helmet, the pass interference, um, and and as well as the Saints ownership. And there's that weird thing about a lawsuit to restart the game. We know that's not going to happen. But Zig, if we look uh, like that officiating all year has been so horrible, that's got to be priority number one in the offseason to somehow figure that out, doesn't it? You would hope it is. I think what you might see come 
And it was proposed, I think Washington Post Mark Maskey had in one of his recent uh, editions, is that at some point, maybe this offseason, you will see the possibility of you know, calls like that being subject under under to review. I think Belichick's actually advocated this now for quite a few years, and now it seems as though you have to have that egregious miss as we had last Sunday to kind of bring this to the forefront. You know, I've always thought that maybe as sort of a compromise, one review per half on a call like that. If that's the case, does it slow the game down that much more dramatically? I'm not sure about that, but, I mean, that's one miss, you know, that's going to be kind of egregious there. And and to this point about it going to the, you know, the Senate and all this stuff, here in the States, Andy, we just ended the government shutdown today. There's been people, you know, who's not getting paid and, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, and we're worried about something like this. I think the the importance factor has been kind of skewed in all of this. Yeah, that's a great point. When you look at the real life, right? Real people yeah. trying to eat, and then it's like, "Hey, we want to restart the game." It kind of, yeah, it kind of puts it in perspective. There, I, I get you. Um, off the field, Antonio Brown. Oh, oh my. Um, and and Zig, you know, I'm a Browns fan. I'm loving the Pittsburgh drama. I'm loving the Pittsburgh. I drama. bet you are. <laughs> but what are they going to do with Antonio Brown? Because now reports coming back, the Steelers aren't getting what they expected in trade talks. We don't know what those expectations were. But he can't go back to the Steelers. The owner said there's no, like, it just seems that thing is way too far gone. You gotta move this guy some way, somehow. I just wonder how it plays out. Well, not so fast on that, Andy, because the other day, uh, Art Rooney II, the Steelers president, they had a conference call with, you know, their fans, and obviously AB was brought up and, you know, we remember a few weeks ago saying it was Mr. Rooney said it was basically hard for him to see, you know, Brown being with the team at training camp. Yet, you know, he kind of kept the door open hmm. for A.B. to return. So I'm not saying, you know, everybody's chanting kumbaya at this point, but it, it seems to be something now that at least they can try to fix. But Antonio Brown, again, with the mystery and, you know, him kind of going off like he did and not talking to teammates, to the coaching staff, you know, is there a row between him and Big Ben? It just seems to be a whole lot of drama in Pittsburgh that I think will probably wind up getting resolved as the weeks and months goes, go along. Yeah, and you know what? That might be also something by by Rooney to be a play publicly because really the, sure. the Steelers have zero leverage with with how the comments were so maybe they hope okay now now you deal the problem though is Zig like that Steelers team is built to win now and is probably a bit on the decline and you lose an Antonio Brown I get it with the attitude and if you can't work together you, you can't but man you lose a prolific producer and as great as Juju Smith-Schuster has been everybody then gets pushed up a notch to maybe to a level where they can't be and Boy, I don't know how you replace him. You, you got to find another gem somewhere, and they just don't seem to really be out there. That'd be a huge hit to Pittsburgh. Yeah, but at the same time, Andy, do, do you want that distraction? That's the you thing. know they can always as great as AB is. You know, let's not forget he was a sixth round pick yeah. back in the day. Yeah. So they can maybe they can unearth another of these great talents and be without the drama. But it's clear to see. I mean, last year. You know, they faded down the stretch, a lot of infighting and dissension, what you rarely ever see in Pittsburgh. So maybe this is sort of part of the, how would I 
term this cleansing, if you will, of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They already made some changes in the coaching staff. So it'll be interesting to see ultimately if they be, because I doubt, What's his name will be back? Le'Veon Bell. I think oh, that's a foregone conclusion. He's leaving. Yeah, yeah, you got to. I think you got to move on there. Interesting times. Uh, Zake, thank you so much. Enjoy the well. I guess the the last quiet week before the Super Bowl, and then we'll we'll rock and roll next Sunday, man. Thank you so much, Andy. Anytime, man. Thank you. There he goes, Zig for Cassie on Twitter at Zig for Cassie. Great host there, Sirius XM NFL Radio. We will step aside and take a look to the future stars of the National Football League. Dane Brugler of the Athletic, fresh from Mobile, Alabama, and the Senior Bowl. We tee up NFL draft prospects next on TSN Four Downs. Welcome back, TSN Four Downs. Super Bowl bye week edition here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. Andy McNamara with you. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMC Sports, and also on Twitter, the show at TSN Four Downs. We are delivered by Domino's. And folks, how about this? Get yourself a medium two topping pizza for just $5.99 for carryout orders. That's till this Sunday only. You want it a large? Just three bucks more. Five ninety nine for a medium two topping pizza. Gotta love it. And I'll be giving away a huge big game Domino's Pizza Prize Super Bowl trivia question in the last segment of the show. So after I chat with Dame Brugler in a moment here, I'll give out the question. We'll open up the phone, so stay tuned for that. But let's get right into it. Dame Brugler, one of the best NFL draft prospect analyst out there. I love talking to Dane every year. He's now with The Athletic. He was in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Let's get caught up on uh, this year's draft prospects. Dane, you just got back from Mobile, Alabama from the Senior Bowl, the week of practice. The game is Saturday, but really this week is all about the drills, how players react in uncomfortable or unfamiliar situations. How was the week overall down there in Mobile? Yeah, I thought it went well, um, except for some heavy rain on Wednesday. Uh, practices were moved indoors to the brand-new South Alabama uh, facility, indoor facility, really nice. Um but unfortunately, due to space issues, media was not allowed in, but technology is great. So I was able to watch a practice tape later on Wednesday night, um, and I'm reviewing the practice tape right now, Thursday. It's, you know, it's interesting when you, when you catch live and then when you go back to the tape and watch it again. And so, you know, I thought overall it was, it was a strong week for certain positions. The defensive line, I thought, had a good week. Uh, meanwhile, the quarterbacks, uh, not so great of a week. Um, hmm. I had some up-and-down performances by Drew Locke from Missouri, Daniel Jones from Duke, uh, you know, perceived top two senior quarterbacks this year. Uh, so, you know, overall, uh, you know, I, there were some things that kind of left me wanting more. But for certain positions, I thought it was a strong group. Well, and as you, you mentioned, the quarterbacks, and of course last year you had Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield both in there, so the mm-hmm. game has produced a lot of stars over the, the years that end up coming out. So let's stick with quarterback for a moment, because in general it's seen as a weaker QB class coming out. you got Drew Locke, I really like Dwayne Haskins coming out of Ohio State, but compared to the big guns last year, um, and of, of course, Dane, we, we know there's, there's always going to be a riser, right? Josh Allen was the riser last year, Carson Wentz the year before. When you look at, at, at Drew Locke, he's got the size of a quarterback, just under 6'4", 200-plus pounds. What, what is missing at this point, do you feel, as far as being a pro prospect and someone that can really thrive in the NFL? It's just a consistency factor mm. with Drew Locke because there's no question he has the arm. He's got a whip. Uh, he can put the ball anywhere he wants uh, with juice and straight-line velocity. But mechanically and then just with his decision-making, very up and down. Um, you know, and 
in a setting like this, a senior bowl where you're dealing with new coaching, you're dealing with new receivers, you know, everything's kind of unfamiliar. You kind of, you want to give the quarterbacks a pass. Sure. Uh, but at the same time, you want to see them get better throughout the week. And you don't, you didn't necessarily see that this year uh, with uh, these quarterbacks, these group of quarterbacks. I would say the most impressive quarterback we saw here during the week was Jarrett Stidham from Auburn, who he kind of a chance to break out of that Auburn elementary offense and, you know, showed that he's more than what he put on tape this year. So I thought Jarrett Stidham helped himself. Uh, but in terms of the guys that are going to go early, uh, Daniel Jones and Drew Locke, uh, just the consistency factor because, you know, they make a nice play, but then the next play would be, you know, all over the place. And a lot of times it's from their just uh, mechanical flaws, starting with their feet uh, and then how that affects their arm angle and, you know, the way the ball comes off their hands. So, you know, it's something that can be corrected. It's not like this is a, a fatal flaw, uh, but it will be if they don't get it corrected. And so in a lot of ways, Drew Locke, Reminds me of Derek Carr when he was coming out of Fresno oh. State. Uh, he has the arm. He has the size. I think he has the makeup for the NFL. Uh, but, you know, Derek was able to kind of, you know, streamline his mechanics and everything, cut down on the bad decision, uh, and really take the pro coaching. Can Drew Locke do that? I don't know. I mean, that's why Derek Carr, there was questions about him. That's why he fell to the second round. Sure. With Drew Locke, will we have the same question? Will teams still have those same questions, or will they buy in? Uh, you know, that's kind of TBD right now. He still has a chance to be a top 10 pick. You know, quarterback desperation does not take a year off in the NFL. So uh, we'll, we'll see how he does through the rest of the process. Yeah, and Drew Locke was saying in interviews he wants to improve his mechanics moving around and up in the pocket and doing it that way. And you're right, Dane. Like, hey, in a year where um, a car went to the second round, it was a pretty deep class. If it's shallow, yeah, like teams are going to reach, right? Like, so you have that. I got to ask. John Gruden sounded and looked like his, his old TV self out there. How was it? How, how was he received? How was he out on the field seeing him around there in person? Yeah, you can just tell he's in his element. Yeah, you know, he, yeah. he's, he, he was born to be on the football field. Um, you know, it, it kind of killed him the last, uh, you know, 10 years or so to not be out there. And, uh, you know, he's finally getting that chance to be back out there. And, you know, there were ups and downs, obviously, this past season. But, Seeing him out there in a in a practice setting like we did each day this week, uh, you know, you could tell he loved it. He was getting into it with the players. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, uh, you know, really connecting with them, uh, each one of them in terms of, uh, you know, pushing them in certain areas. You know, Andy Isabella, the uh, smaller slot receiver from UMass, you know, getting on him to, uh, you know, streamline his routes and, you know, show better footwork and, you know, just kind of getting on certain players. And so I, I thought he really uh, looked in his element and, it was it, it really you know some coaches come down here and the practices are kind of bland and we don't see much. That wasn't the case. I think I give credit to both the Oakland Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers. Both their coaching staff did a really good job this week. In conversation with NFL draft analyst for the Athletic Dane Brugler on Twitter at DP Brugler. Dane, if we look big picture at the quarterbacks in this draft class, we mentioned Drew Locke and some others, but Dwayne Haskins to me seems like he might be. Maybe not head and shoulders, but but to me, the clear-cut number one off the board. And I thought, Dane, that at Ohio State, as great as the season that he was, he was more of a pro style and didn't – it's kind of rare. He didn't seem to fit in comfortably with uh, Urban Meyer's run-first system. With that, He looked like he was more comfortable in a pro-style setting and his build and the way he goes about himself. That's, that's the takeaway I got. What do you think about Dwayne Haskins and who the first quarterback off the board is going to be? 
Yeah, I think there's no question that Dwayne Haskins uh, is the favorite to be the first quarterback drafted. The moment Justin Herbert decided to go back to Oregon for a senior year, right. Haskins became the favorite. And, uh, you know, I think he's tough because, first of all, you have a small sample size, only mm-hmm. one season as a starter, uh, 14 career starts. Um, and you, you did see him get better throughout the year, which, you know, you, you would hope it would just more experience, uh, you know, more reps, you just get more comfortable. Uh, with not only, you know, within your own offense, the play calling, but also reading defenses and understanding what they're trying to do uh, to, to break you down. Uh, so Dwayne Haskins, I thought, progressed throughout the year, and that's a positive step, you know, in terms of where you project him moving forward. He's on a, you know, upward trajectory. But he doesn't mean he's, uh, you know, really a polished player right now. He's far from it. Um, you know, you watch the Purdue tape, uh, which is obviously the, the bad loss that Ohio State had yeah. keeping them out of the playoffs. Haskins, you know, the mechanics were all over the place. And he has a special arm. There's no question. He has a power arm, and I think he has a natural uh, accuracy to his throw. Yeah. So he, he understands placement. I mean, he's not scattershot. He puts the ball in position for his receivers to make a play. But mechanically, it's kind of all over the place uh, because he relies on that arm to do all the work instead of, uh, you know, having his feet right, his base and all those things. So, you know, you're not going to be able to get away with that in the NFL. He didn't get away with it against Purdue's defense. So, uh, you know, those are things he needs to work on. And, again, it's fixable, but it doesn't mean it's automatically he's going to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you go back to last year's quarterback class, I think Dwayne Haskins would have been my fourth-rated quarterback Hmm. last year uh, behind Darnold, Baker, and Rosen. Um, But, you know, again, quarterback desperation does not take a year off. And so – uh, history tells us a quarterback's going to go top five, and it's a good bet it'll be Haskins. Is he kind of falling into the same category as Mitch Trubisky from a couple of years back? Very small sample size, flashed, but has all all the tools to uh, to have the makeup of a good pro. Yeah, different uh, different, skill, different set. skill set. Yeah, but in terms of experience. yeah experience and you know optimism about right. not only what he is right now, but what he can be two three years from now. Yeah, there's no question and. Uh, going back to 1973, there have been 100 quarterbacks drafted in the first round. You, only three have been, uh, only three of those 100 had uh, 15 starts or less in their college career as uh, Mark Sanchez, Cam Newton, and then Mitchell Trubisky. So I think Dwayne Haskins will be the fourth. And so we just, it's a small sample size of quarterbacks with uh, that amount of experience going in, in the first round and, you know, being the quote unquote face of the franchise. But, uh, you know, I, I do think that once Dwayne Haskins has a chance to rip it at the combine, and, um, you know, he's, I've heard nothing but good things about who he is as a person and, you know, his football character and all that. So the interview process should be kind to him. Uh, yeah, I think when it's all said and done, it, he will be the first quarterback drafted. Just, you know, when you look at, okay, the Giants at six, the Jaguars at seven, the Broncos at 10, Dolphins at 13, Redskins at 15, those are the five main teams landing spots possible landing spots in the first half of the draft uh in the first round do we see a trade up do we see uh, you know it's going to be interesting to see how these quarterbacks uh, where they go and you know the jockeying for position in conversation with dane brugler of the athletic nfl draft analyst uh dane let's get back to the senior bowl here and the strength of this draft class is on really i think the line of scrimmage and especially that defensive front and montez sweat oh my um, from what I saw on TV on the NFL Network, very impressive as a pass rusher. What did you make of those those pass rushers, those edge rushers? Because outside of quarterback, that's kind of the next the next big look. Who's gonna? You want the quarterback, and then you want the guy to go get the quarterback. 
Yeah, Montez Sweat, 6'6", 252 oh, pounds. Um, but more importantly is the arm length, 35 and 5'8 inches, oh. inches, which is uh, outstanding. And that's really what what makes Montez Sweat a first-round pick is his ability to use that forward lean, extend into rushers, and get them off balance. Uh, he doesn't. He's not that bendy guy who's really going to skim the corner uh, with that explosive quickness. He's going to have that first step quickness, and then he's going to be able to attack rusher or blockers uh, with that straight long arm rush and, and get them uh, in reverse, get them off balance, uh, and really he can go from there to deciding what he wants to do. So it, that's a, it's a real weapon that he uses, and he uses it to his advantage. I thought he improved this year as a senior, as a run defender. So I think when it's all said and done, Montez Sweat will be a first-rounder. And I thought he entered the week as the top prospect of the game, and I think he leaves the week as a top prospect in the game. And last one for you here, Dane. Who impressed you? Let's go back to, well, you know, either side of the ball. Somebody that kind of jumped out to you that maybe really helped their stock, which happens every year. A wide receiver, a running back. I know it was a weaker uh, week in general for cornerbacks, but was there somebody that jumped up to you that, you know what, this guy we're going to be seeing, maybe if not in the first round, in the second or third, that really helped themselves? I have to go Penny Hart from uh, Georgia State, who uh, undersized, 5'8", 180 pounds, but no one could cover him all week. Uh, explosive, um, has that controlled burst uh, in his releases at the top of routes. Uh, corners, safeties, they, they really had no shot to uh, you know stay within arm's length uh, with Penny Hart. And not only is he explosive as an athlete, but he also has crafty uh, moves in terms of him setting up the defender, uh, you know, his routes, he's very smooth. Uh, he understands what it takes. You know, he understands how to, uh, you know, the, the dance between corners and wide receivers. He, he's uh, not only breaking him down with, uh, you know, his feet, but also with, with his mind. He understands timing, tempo, leverage. Uh, so Penny Hart uh, absolutely comes out of this week as a huge winner uh, for what he did during practices, one-on-one drills, uh, the seven-on-sevens, the team drills. So I think Penny Hart definitely helped himself. Uh, West Hills, running back from Slippery Rock, another guy that helped himself, had a great week at the Shrine game, uh, comes here to the Senior Bowl, and was one of the top running backs here. Did a nice job catching the ball at the backfield, did a nice job blocking. Um, yeah, he's uh, well-traveled. He you know, started at Delaware, was a transfer. He missed the full season due to academics. Uh, he needs to get better with the ball security, but he's a good size running back with power. He has a little bit of quickness to him. So I think West Hills definitely helped himself for the last two weeks. Dane, never enough time, my friend. Thank you so much. Great job, as always. And people can find your terrific work at The Athletic on Twitter, at DP Brugler. And we'll uh, chat with you again closer to the draft, man. Thank you very much. Anytime, Andy. Thanks. There he goes, Dane Brugler of The Athletic on NFL Draft Prospects. All right, folks, it's time. Yes, it is time. Domino's Pizza Giveaway for the big game. Large, three-topping pizzas. I'm going to weigh four of them to one person. This is the trivia question. I'm going to open up the phone lines in a moment. Here it is. Which player scored the last points of Super Bowl 36 when the Pats beat the Rams? So Brady's first Super Bowl, we're revisiting it. What player scored the last points of Super Bowl 36 when the Pats beat the Rams? Phone lines are open now. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Which player scored the last points of Super Bowl 36 when the Pats beat the Rams? First one who gets the right answer wins a Domino's pizza prize. And it's a big one. Large, three-topping, four of them, four pizzas, 
for you. Uh, we're going to take the break, come back, go over some crazy prop bets leading up to the Super Bowl, as well as our poll question. What do you love most about the Super Bowl? And back to wrap up, TSN 4 Downs next. Back to wrap up the Super Bowl bye week edition of TSN 4 Downs on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. The show at TSN 4 Downs. Instagram at AndyMC Sports. We are delivered by Domino's. Folks, until this Sunday only, medium two-topping pizza carryout, just $5.99. Want to make it a large? Three bucks more. Check out all the great deals at Domino's.ca. And speaking of Domino's, we put it out. The phone lines immediately lit up. We got a winner to our Domino's Pizza Prize for the big game. The question was, which player scored the last points of Super Bowl 36 when the Patriots beat the Rams? We got producer Sean Lavery in studio with me. Uh, Shawnee, the answer is Adam Vinatieri, the Patriots kicker. On a field goal. On a field goal. Uh, Who's the winner, though? Brian in Burlington. He won the Domino's Pizza Prize. Excellent. First caller, first correct answer. Done. For one. Beautiful. Adam Vinatieri, the answer. Brian from Burlington, congratulations. Let's get to our Domino's Twitter poll question here. Again, at AndyMCD1, at TSN4Downs. What's your favorite part about the Super Bowl? What's your favorite part? Is it our options? Crazy prop bets, the game itself, the halftime performance, or eating a ton of food? For me, I like, I always like the crazy prop bets, and we're going to get to those in a few moments. I just love how random and nuts they are. So I'll say the prop bets followed by the game itself. But so often, Sean, you have like, the game itself can be underwhelming, right? Sure. Yeah, so. it's always a possibility. But I think the game always provides the most excitement or the most drama, no matter who you're cheering for. Uh, this is one of the polls where I wish Twitter let me vote for two options. Right. If that was the case, I'd obviously vote for the game, and then my second vote would go towards the food. But in the right scenario. In the right scenario. If like I'm it. cooking for myself, it's a disaster. <laughs> if someone's cooking for me, it's often very good. Or a Domino's, uh, Domino's pizza. There you go. How about that's that? A, that's a perfect uh, option. Arad, technical producer. Arad, where do you vote for, buddy? Uh, when your team makes it every year, it's the game itself. Wow. Patriots guy here. Jeez. What a chirp. I should have known that was coming. Halftime performance, I think, depends on the... Like, who the performer is. Maroon 5 this year. They're fine, but I'm not getting too excited about Maroon 5. But anyway, that, that's just me. So you can vote at TSN 4 Downs. Let's get to some of these crazy Super Bowl 53 props. This is from uh, Vegas from Westgate Superbook, some of these. Okay? So do you want to read, read a couple of these out, John? Yeah, sure. So we'll start off uh, pretty traditional here. The first one, over, under, touchdown by both teams, six and a half. So that's a combined. Yes. Will there be more than six and a half touchdowns in the Super Bowl? Ooh. You know what? I see this one. I think this one could be a little bit more of a ground and pound. So I'm going to say under. Yeah, I'd go with under. I'll take the under. Rod, what are you what are you thinking? Over, I would say. Over. Um, the last two Super Bowls, the last three Super Bowls the Pats have played has been high-scoring games, all with seven touchdowns or more. So you think Tom Brady will throw four touchdowns to himself probably, right? Just like Mr. Perfect stuff in oh, the yeah. 80s vignettes, WWE, yeah? Like... <laughs> Some <laughs> receiver you've never heard of. Like Dwayne Allen might have a touchdown. Oh, totally. Know. Absolutely. Okay, what's another one? So last year we had the Philly special. Yeah. And then in the NFC Championship game last week, we saw the Rams run a fake punt, right? Yeah. So this is a prop bet. Over or under, total number of different players to have a passing attempt. Two and a half. Two, so that means there'll have to be somebody other than a quarterback. Yeah. Well, I think over. Other than, other than Tom Brady or other than Jared Goff, will they throw a pass? I think over, and I think they're going to try to get Tom Brady to catch a pass where he screwed it up last year. Right. I think they're going to want him to get some redemption. So I'll say over. 
I think I think there's going to be I'm some gimmick. Go under. I'm going to go under. You think he'll just be QBs? Keep it yes. simple. All right. Edelman's going to get a pass or oh. Johnny Hecker. Like you have to give him a pass if you're Belichick or McVay. Yeah. I'll get the completion. Exactly. Get the completion. Okay, Shawnee, What's another? So earlier we heard from Jabari Gear on Aaron, Aaron on Aaron Donald. So here's an over under for you. Total quarterback sacks by the LA Rams defense Ooh. one and a half. Over. Over. Yes, I think over. Now, Brady's quick release. I don't think it's going to be a sack fest because it gets rid of the ball so fast. But that means Aaron Donald or company get to him more than once. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take the overall day on that. I think it's going to be one on the dot. So I guess I'm on the under. One on the dot. If that's the case, Patriots are winning the Super Bowl for sure. All right. I will go. I will go over. It's Wade Phillips. He's one of Brady's um, nemesis. Kryptonites, you know, nemesis. Yeah. Exactly. He knows. He has nemesis. his numbers. So yeah. Right. I got one here too, guys. From MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the site I've been telling you about for a little bit here. Over under passing yards. Jared Goff, two eighty six and a half. I think that's a very interesting number. And again, I think the key to the Rams is going to be running the football and not to put too much on the young quarterback. Kind of like. What Tom Brady did in his first Super Bowl versus the Rams. So I'm going to say under Jared Goff. I'm going to go under as well. This is the Todd Gurley redemption game. It's not the Super redemption. Bowl. So, uh, yeah, same same reason. Ground and pound. Uh, and you got C.J. Anderson. Yards, yeah. Under. All right. Belichick takes away your best oh. weapon. They're going to stack the box. Goff has to throw. And Goff will throw. I'm going to go over. Go with the over. And so you can check out all the fun fantasy prop plays at monkeyknifefight.com. And actually, guys, if you use promo code AMAC, A-M-A-C, they'll match... 100% of your deposit up to 100 bucks. So go have some fun. Super Bowl has hockey, basketball, all that good stuff, too. That'll do it, folks. If you miss any of the show, check it out. We're on iTunes. Uh, we're on tsn1050.ca. And we'll tweet out the link at andymc81, at tsn4downs, and Instagram at andymcsports. So for producer Sean Lavery, for Aradas Vandy, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN 4 Downs.